Hi everybody, I'm Laura. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. Welcome to our podcast. Sisters Across the Pond. So first of all, welcome and thank you for listening or watching. <laughs> um, just please know that whatever we speak about comes from a, a grounded, um, just and a loving place of kindness. Um, and with that being said, let's just take a moment to pause. Take a deep breath in. Relax the shoulders. Release the breath. And just be. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Mm. I needed that, actually. <laughs> Me too. Ooh. I never realised how much I need it until I do it. Isn't that just like... I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> um, so, episode number eight. That is true. Too early for menopause. <laughs> the real hard-hitting stuff. That. Yeah. 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 Question mark. So oh, yeah, sorry. So <laughs> too early for menopause. Ah, that's better. That's better. <laughs> yeah, because it's a question. It's a question that um uh, well both of us are really eager to to talk about. Um were kind of like the blind leading the blind with this topic of conversation. Absolutely. Which I think is probably a good starting point because yeah. um in our youthful <laughs> ish i'm very youthful age. <laughs> my brain no. age and my body age are two very different things oh most de most definitely most definitely me too me too <laughs> but we've decided because we're going to have a guest on um and we're going to we're going to dig really deep um, into menopause with her. Mm -hmm. um, so we just thought we'd kind of uh, visit this topic from, from, well, from, from our own perspective just now, because it yeah. is a topic that is discussed. Um, Ish. It's a, it's a weird one. It is discussed in our family, I must say, um, just because there's been different issues with um like menstruation hysterectomies um precancerous cells and going for smear tests and pap smears as, as they are referred to here um so some of that stuff is pretty much talked about but not really in an educational like this is what it means it's mostly like surface Oh, hot flashes or, you know, yeah. things yeah. like that. So, and, hmm. and like symptoms and things like that, you know, and it's, it's one of those, um, do I dare say it, taboo subjects? Um, yeah. Because people just don't, I imagine, I mean, I sit with a couple of girlfriends, you know, and I chat with a couple of my girlfriends about um, menopause and, you know, people who are going through it. Okay. That's who I talk talk to about menopause, but not the people who aren't going through it yet. 
or struggling mm. with life or wondering what the hell is going on <laughs> do you know because really they're the they're some of the symptoms aren't they yeah do you know yeah, and, and and i also think that there's something in knowing your own body and knowing when there's changes and this is something i'm going through and have been going through now for the last 12 months um is that i know that something has shifted in my body and i'm not sure what it is and i've been to the doctors a couple of times i've had a couple of different tests and the tests are coming back fine but things still aren't the usual for me and so i'm kind of like is this me am i on the on that that path now towards menopause am i am i starting perimenopause yeah. oh so it's yeah and obviously that does kind of run in the family mm. there is there is a few uh different yeah. uh females in our family who have experienced perimenopause in oh yeah um, there is definitely 30s and, and early 40s mm. and i think a lot of women don't realize that you can start perimenopause before your mid to late 40s before your 50s like I think, oh, yeah. I yeah. think a lot well, of women think that it's it's not going to happen until much much later on. I think what it is is, um, as you said just a minute ago, your mental age and your physical age are two different things. I think the majority of people work like that. Everybody has this um, like this mental age of, of just feeling younger, and there's nothing. There's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with that, and that's that's great. That's what make, makes us who we are and mm. able to do things, you know. Um, but I also think that sometimes because we do maybe are a little bit more youthful in our thoughts, that we don't realize how close to that menopausal age we may be yeah do you know and and you could probably just be like whoosh, put up that barrier put up that wall uh no and and as well embarrassment you know would are people embarrassed are women embarrassed about about this probably because it's a subject that you don't speak about yeah we don't really speak about it because you know i suppose what's the value in it in, in the sense that what what's a woman's worth? Oh, mm. that sounds really cheesy, but, mm -hmm. you know, and, and a lot of us don't really want to think about the potential of us being a bit dried up and useless. <laughs> for, <laughs> Just thought of a prune. <laughs> <laughs> for want of a better term, because yeah. that's pretty much how menopause is sold to us in society, mm. is that once a woman's past her childbearing years, um then well there's no hope you just kind of dried up life over shop shut <laughs> wow like, shut us down yeah shut us down no more <laughs> and um and that's not necessarily the case because i think no. for a lot of women they actually feel a sense of liberation um and some sense of freedom reclaiming a uh, part of their life that they hadn't put into use for a while maybe i don't know mm -hmm. I don't, well i mean that's it i mean we do we don't know do we i mean i've been doing a little bit of like digging around and trying to find out some information mm. 
and just been hit by ridiculous facts and statistics and which has just basically left me like at some points I've gone <gasps> yeah jaw drop yeah and especially it's funny because I was speaking to um Janine <laughs> which is our lovely cousin who's going to come on and speak about uh, the menopause very excited about that um and she was saying especially just now in the this crazy world that we've been living in for the past 12 months mm. you know it, it's probably very common for a group of you know 40 year olds you know i'm just putting that out there you know i'm just talking about a group of women who go out um, and have a glass of wine together over a meal and would talk about the menopause you know yeah. close-knit friends who can talk about all these close things about that's going on with their own selves and their own bodies i mean it's not just a physical thing no it isn't it's it, there's everything that goes it's you know it's mental it's emotional it's it comes at you from all angles not that I'm, I've experienced anything, but just things that I'm, I'm read and listen, and you know, because I have done a bit of digging about. Yeah, let me know some of the stats because I've not done any of that digging about. I know that's oh, been gosh, more right. of you. Let me, um, let me let hit me, me with the stats. Uh, just to bear in mind that I'm guessing these stats are UK stats. These are UK stats, um, okay. th and this is from uh, Menopause Support um group so maybe we should have got in touch with them before we start putting out but i don't think if it's a support group i think that they need to be as much yeah. airing as they possibly can so sure, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll mention them and just and just say um yeah. we're good we've, we've mentioned you on on our podcast but there it was uh nuffield health center which is well known in the uk they've got centers okay. all over the place and they did a load of um digging about, finding out facts and statistics and things like that. But this is what the, some of the facts that they uncovered. So we've got approximately 13 million women in the UK are either peri or post-menopausal. Hmm. That's a lot, that is a isn't lot. it? What's the, what's the, um, about 66 million people in the UK? Yeah. Yeah, wow. and okay. another one is that uh, symptoms can last up to 15 years. So we're not even talking like it's a, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna get through this in the next, I've got, you know, I've got my menopause, it's going to last six weeks. Do you know, 15 years. Wow. I mean, that's up to, obviously, it doesn't mean that everybody's menopause is going to last that long. But no, but if that the off. yeah. Oh, was a loud motorcycle. Yeah, fifteen years. That's um. I know. Quite a length of time. Yeah, I checked that this is um, over sixty percent of women experience symptoms resulting in behaviour changes. Oh, that's interesting. Somehow. I mean, it makes perfect sense because it's all your hormones. Yeah, and, and this, is, this is funny because this has come up with me just recently. Um, so, PMS. well, well, no, because my um, my periods have been completely and utterly erratic. Um, 
I mean, I had a miscarriage five years ago. And then okay. since then, they've just been completely and utterly erratic. But I've probably noticed in the last couple of months that my I'm getting a bit of a short fuse. Hmm. But so I'm just thinking, is this the start of the menopause for me? Hmm. Or or am I am I too young? Oh, am I just gonna really get stressed. the the stressed, yeah. That's yeah. another one that's coming to it all because obviously as you know what we're going on. Regular listeners it? know that I've just moved house and with the COVID homeschooling and you know, I've got lots of issues with the schooling education system over here with my little boy. I've got all that. There's lots and lots of things. Buying a new house as well. We're just in the process of buying a new Not house. Not to mention a, a global pandemic, you know, and global all pandemic that kind of stuff yeah. that's going on. Starting yeah. a new business. Yeah. Yeah, all these things going on just yeah. now. So you've noticed but, that you've got a pretty short fuse. Yeah, so it's it's not, like it's not. I just feel like I can say something and think, hold on a minute. Why did I just like react to that? that? Okay. Yeah, it's more like reacting to. And so this reminds me a little bit because before uh, our lovely little Leo came into the world, you did used to suffer quite a lot with PMS, premenstrual mm. stress, PMT, premenstrual PMT. tension, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I always remember that you would say that at times it felt like you were almost floating above yourself. Yes. Watching it's like an yourself. Out of body. An yeah. out-of-body experience. Yeah. yeah, and you'd watch yourself be mm -hmm. awful, like yeah. whether you said something, just the, the behaviour you displayed, and you were mm -hmm. like, why have I just done that? So mm -hmm. is it a similar kind of feeling that you're experiencing now? No. No. Just a no. short snap. Yeah, yeah, and guilt then, immediately, guilt, where I didn't really have that guilt when I had, uh, like, PMS, PMT. Um, it was because I think that was the kind of state of mind that I was in, even mm. though I was looking upon myself going, what are you saying? The words that were coming like out of this? my mouth. Yeah, yeah. The words that were coming out of my mouth still were like, I'm due on all right. Mm. Do you know? And so you like were able to justify it? Yeah, we're able to justify it. And I could never stop the words coming out of my mouth. I but you control had, that. But you had an understanding of the reason why it was happening. Yeah. So yeah. you weren't where as now harsh I'm on questioning. Yeah. Where now I'm questioning, yeah. why am I why am I being you know, when I do sit with myself and um see on my yoga teacher training there was the, like it's all about meditating and then connecting with yourself and mm. sitting and I do try and still meditate daily um even if that's just five minutes just silently just sitting by myself with my eyes closed sometimes I do it in the shower mm. because that's probably the only time that I've got but it's still I'm trying to clear my mind just relaxing trying to take stock and you know and these things just pop up every time I find that I'm meditating. I'm like, 
why am I being a little bit short fused just now? But but then coming back to the um the steps. statistics. Yeah, yeah. We've got um Oh, this is really, this is really sad as well. One in four women will experience severe debilitating symptoms. And now, um, and by debilitating, like I wonder what kind of symptoms they are. It probably doesn't go straight down into it, but imagine it could be yeah. a range of things. Mm. But Especially... that's one that I'm going to explore. Right. I'm going to explore and see if I can find out some more information about that. And then, or maybe um, Janine will probably be able to elaborate a little bit more on that. that yeah, topic. maybe. We'll probably keep that as a question for her as well. Um, it says, over almost half of menopausal women say they feel depressed. And that's understandable oh, because, yeah. It's completely understandable because, A, who do you talk about? Like, who do you talk about it with? Um, and also, if there's a hormone imbalance and you are feeling down and you don't understand why because life is seemingly going okay, that can be a really hard adjustment. If, mm -hmm. if like, what's going on physically, intellectually in life makes sense, everything's going hunky-dory, yet emotionally and hormonally it's like tanked then to try and yeah. balance those two things out would create a mass amount of confusion and understandably lead into a deeper kind of depression mm. or anxiety well that's yeah that's it a third of women say they suffer with anxiety yeah yeah I that's well and especially if if you like for example you right now with your with with you having a short fuse that's going to lead to anxiety because now mm -hmm. you're waiting for this to happen yeah. and you don't want it to happen so you're trying to put things into place to prevent it from happening but you don't really know what's triggering it and it's like Whoa! yeah and just, control but just now as well um katie we're in this global pandemic so there's yeah. lots of anxiety flying around everywhere. So, mm -hmm. you know, See, uh, are, women, are, are there some women who are who have this pent up anxious feelings running through the bodies, and it could be menopausal? Yeah, yeah. Because this is this is one of the things that I'm experiencing. I, I said I've, my periods have been all over the place for the last twelve months. Like I'll have a three week long period. And then I'll have nothing for two months. And then it might be that I just spot for a day or two and then nothing for six weeks. And then I'm having like a full on like heavy flow day and then nothing. Yeah. And then, then another three. And it's just, it's been this weird roller coaster that I know it's different for my body. I know it's not right, but it's like, we're in a global pandemic. There was a time I was laid off work and then I was back at work and then I've been super busy and then I've not, and it's just been this strange time. So it's like, mm -hmm. could it be perimenopause because it exists in our family? Could it just be stress? And all the tests that I've been for, I've had a couple of blood tests and um, 
um, ultrasounds just to kind of check everything out, pap smears, and everything comes back fine. So what mm. is it? Like, you know. And then there's a part of me that does wonder because obviously with miscarriage being so, um, well, we, we don't really know how often women miscarry like in very, very early stage. Like I do mm. know that there's, there's some stats out there that, but that's only the miscarriages that we can actually identify as a miscarriage. Mm. So how many women go through a miscarriage without being aware of it and then their periods are completely erratic afterwards and we don't understand, you know, I'm, I'm also wondering that's a potential option for yeah. me, you know has my body gone through a miscarriage and now it's just trying to make sense of what's left, what's going on inside my body. Well, yeah, it's hard to keep um, track, isn't it? Especially when yeah. you start becoming a little bit erratic. And and it doesn't exactly work wonders for the old sex life either if you your body is super unpredictable. Mm. So then you've got all these poor uh, husbands and wives out there who are wives and wives you know um that you know that that could be double trouble couldn't it yeah oh gosh yeah i know yeah same sex like females going through menopause at least they'll have each other to talk to true support. if that's how it works that that mm -hmm. would be nice yeah yeah oh. but yeah but, so um but for else have we we come across some more stats for you? Um, oh, women commonly complain of feeling as though they are going mad. I How can understand scary. that. How I can scary. understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, well, here we go. Approximately two thirds of women say they're is a general lack of support and understanding there we go because it isn't it's not really spoken about mm. you know it really isn't i i try I've, I've kind of made it one of my missions in life to be quite open and honest about my periods and my experience uh, around whoever like mm. because i do feel like it does need to be something that's spoken about openly yeah. And not shamed for. And males need to know a lot more about this subject as well. Yeah. You know, it's not a closed circle or closed group for women. I think there should be menopause support groups for men. Yeah. Because yeah, at the end because... of the day, they're living, if, you know, if it's a male and female um, relationship, partnership, marriage, whatever, the, mm. um, you know, the males go through the whole menopause and if these symptoms last 15 years with somebody then not only do the women need support but so do the men well i remember reading um something a few years ago uh well, quite a few years ago so i don't know what the what the stats would be like these days or, or how true it is now but um a lot of women after they have like a hysterectomy feel such a personality change that it, it was not uncommon for them to divorce post hysterectomy and i always thought that that was fascinating yeah because um, it's just something that hey i've never had to face that 
I've never thought, oh, I need to have all my uh, bits and pieces removed. <laughs> but that's yeah. a big change for females. Mm -hmm. Like, it really I is know, a like, part of our on, identity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, because our worth, to a certain extent, is still based on, you know, the life that we can produce. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, very um what have we got here now we've got some more about oh gosh about hrt um just the, not knowing about hrt i don't know anything about hrt yeah. i hear the word and i hear people like talking about it but yeah. other than that um, yeah so so what hormone replacement therapy so it kind yeah. of makes in in to someone who knows nothing about it me mm -hmm. In Me. my head, I'm like, okay, so hormone replacement therapy, um, very basic understanding. It gives us back some of the hormones that we are now losing uh, through menopause. Yeah. And again, this is probably super old information because I've not had to think about it. Um, mm -hmm. But I seem to remember it being helpful with bone health. Um. And that's something I'm going to go away and look at. But I seem to remember that HR, when we stop producing certain hormones, then our bones can get weaker. And so HRT was useful um, to maintain bone health and prevent things like osteoarthritis and osteoporosis. However, on the flip side, and I suppose just like the birth control pill, it can increase the risk of um certain female cancers um, yeah like breast cancer and things but again i think that's like that's really old information that i've just pulled out of <laughs> somewhere in here oh yeah but, but, um, I mean, but how that, true that is in in this exactly. state, I don't know. yeah and if, if any of our, our listeners have got any information on it then please just you know comment start a conversation um yeah. let us know you know, contact us on Instagram or, or send us a comment through YouTube or wherever we're on Facebook, we're on most socials. So, you know, get in touch with us regarding that. But there's like, um, what, one third of women who visited a GP were not made aware of HRT. Wow. And I wonder if that's because Are they it's an expensive drug. Hmm? Is it expensive or... Is it not as effective as we think it is? It's side I mean. effects? Like side effects, yeah. What are the side effects from it? Do you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, another another big one here. And I mean, are over in the UK, you know, and all around the world, these people who study medicine and everything else and what an absolutely tremendous job they're doing, especially <laughs> in this pandemic, do you know, oh, massive yeah. like hats off to them and thank you from the bottom of my heart. But then also we've got to think about, you know, in in this country, in the UK, you go to your GP for everything. Everything, yeah. And then your GP needs to know about everything mm -hmm. to then be able to direct you, if not, 
it stops there with them. And one of these stats here is women are being incorrectly diagnosed as depressed and given antidepressants. And so I'm currently in um, a grief recovery workshop. I've decided to deal with some of my uh, losses that I've experienced through life. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've, I'm currently cracking open uh, Pandora's box. So that's exciting. Um, but one of the things that I was reading in, there's a book that goes along with it. And it was talking about how a lot of people who experience grief are often given a pharmacological, um, not cure, but you know, that's that's what's offered. And it's like, well, actually the response that they're going through is perfectly natural. Mm -hmm. And in some cases that having that kind of mood altering medication could be more harmful. And so is that, you know, is that just a fear? Is it is it a fear that people don't want to deal with those emotions? I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, the the Oh, there's a place for medicine. it. Medicine. Yeah, there's 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 medications and there's there's different types of drugs and everything in this world that help an awful lot of people out there. But then there's an awful lot of people that can put the trust into like the um the health system and and do you know i'm i've always been a very strong character and i don't know whether you remember katie there was a lot of years ago and um i'd just come out of a relationship and i went to the doctors because i needed a little bit of time off work just to sort stuff out start your head out yeah yeah, and I went to the doctors, um, and it's that for anybody that knows me out there is completely out of character for me to want time off work for something like that, but mm. I needed it. And it was more to sort out, not me mentally, but physically sort things out. Yeah. So my full focus is on my work when I'm in work, not trying to think I've got this to do, I've got this to do, I've got this, to do, I need to sort this out, I need to sort this out. Uh, it wasn't a great breakup, so that's why I really needed this space. So I went a to the great doctors. breakup. <laughs> and um, and that was the, what the doctor said. The no sleep. more monkeys bouncing on the bed. I'm sorry, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> They said about me being depressed. So I'll write you some, here's, here's a prescription for some antidepressants. Huh. And, and I said, I'm not depressed. <laughs> and I'm not depressed at all. I said, mm. I'm not even like feeling low. I'm stressed. Yeah. As in, I've got a lot on my plate to try and organise. And I just need a way just to get a little break from work yeah. with a doctor's note so I can just get myself sorted out. Well, I really think that you should take these antidepressants. Take the prescription because you may change your mind. And I was like, and I remember leaving with this prescription in my hand, thinking I stood up for myself there and, you know, and I truly, truly believe that I was not depressed. Mm. Um, 
luckily for me, I don't, uh, I, uh, my, my whole being isn't kind of wired that way. You know, I can sometimes go into a little bit of a lull, but I don't, I've never felt that sort of low or, do you know what I mean? Where I, I've never, I've never experienced that. I'm always the yeah. glasses half full type of person. Okay. Um, so, so for me, like, and I was like, I'm not depressed. I don't in any way, shape or form feel like that. I know exactly how I feel. Yeah. So I remember we're just going out and just ripping it up and throwing it away. So that's, but that's me. That's yeah. my experience. And I know that if I went to a doctor's and said, listen, I feel this, 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 and this, and they said, oh, you're depressed, write your note on your way. I'd be like, uh, no, mm. I'm not depressed, but I know that I'm not feeling right in my body. Do you know what I mean? But how many women, well, here, you know, being correctly yeah. diagnosed as depressed, could go in there because what the hell's going on? I don't know. And it might make sense. And it might make sense as soon as the like the the GP says, well, it sounds a lot like depression because it probably does because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of illnesses out there that their signs and symptoms cross over. It, it is a difficult job to try and diagnose someone. Um, yeah, that's that's the issue. It's yeah, difficult to diagnose because there's so and especially difficult to diagnose someone in in like a five minute appointment. Mm -hmm. You know, so and it's amazing, really, the the amount of because it, it absolutely can be wonderful. Like antidepressants are absolute lifesavers for so yeah. many people. You know, I know I have a few friends who probably would struggle to function without them. Yeah. Um, but I I often worry that some of the underlying issues aren't being dealt with. Mm. in some cases obviously i mean where where you are over in canada therapy is 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 it very much like america and it's uh just to be honest i've not really figured it out um okay. because the as well as like we have uh, similar to the states in the in the sense that we have like a federal system and then each province have their own rules and regulations. And so, for example, here in Alberta, at present, um, certain therapies aren't regulated. So anyone okay. could be a counsellor. But so, for example, I'm training to be a massage therapist um, and it's an unregulated profession at present so anyone could just set up shop and be a massage therapist and you know fine what whatever yeah. you know you might have done a, a a weekend course in something and you can perform certain aspects of the job uh the big difference comes when it comes to the insurance companies so mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. even though there is a um like a healthcare like a free healthcare system there are certain aspects of of healthcare like going for counseling and things like that that might not necessarily be covered on the yeah. regular healthcare but you get benefits from your employer or you purchase your own benefits um and so when it's unregulated it kind of falls to the insurance providers and 
the governing body to provide that person with a number because they have met a certain standard of education. And so you, if I go into, I want to see a psychologist, I could go to them and and claim that back on my benefits, if that makes sense. So that's the only... It's not, it's not a, a, like therapy is not a big thing over in the UK. Do you know, it's becoming a little bit more available, Mm -hmm. um, but it's not something that you hear of an awful lot. And the waiting lists are huge. And obviously I was a therapist when I was in the UK, you know, I worked in, in uh, primary care mental health. Um, and a, quite often, because the the therapy that I was trained in, so person centered, if a doctor is sending someone for counselling, because the way that the healthcare system is set up is, it's kind of like you know, you go in, oh, I've broken my arm, okay, so you go and see this person, they're gonna fix it. You'll have to do some stuff for a while. Then you go to um, physio and all of those exercises is going to make you better. So it's kind of like National Health Service, you go in, I have a problem. This is how you're going to fix it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't quite work the same with mental health. And so often I would get patients who were kind of expecting to be fixed and just kind of go back on my little um, alone um kind of musings is that you have to come to that by yourself you have to be willing to make some changes to do some work otherwise it's not it's not going to help and so that was one of the difficulties I found as a therapist working in a healthcare setting um I imagine in in the states it's a bit different because it is you have to kind of seek it out yourself and again it is expensive so it doesn't mean it it doesn't make it accessible to everyone which is a shame um because really it that shouldn't be as much of a barrier if you're ready and willing to do some work on yourself then you know money shouldn't be the issue but it is yeah i know it's sad isn't it it was a bit of a tangent I went off on there. I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, another one, um, going back to our to our menopause, was about. Um, sorry, I keep you, every wall keeps in the top of my head because that's all right. I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading from the the, the information that I found. Um, was about in the UK, obviously, because this is where mm-hmm. all the information come from. Uh, there are only 29 nhs menopause clinics um and they've got waiting times for appointments for like up to six months which in the uk waiting up to six months for an appointment it's kind of a bit standard just now especially in this global pandemic i mean this i'm presuming was out with this study would have been out with the global pandemic so um and then again, it was it's talking about at work here as well. Seventy two percent of women in work um, say they feel unsupported. Now I don't really know where that's coming from, what angle that's mm. coming from, um, but it's just that 
tends to come up quite a lot, I think, with anybody that I've spoken to. I mean, obviously, being a, a yoga teacher um, and in that sort of part of my world, and, and I see lots of menopause workshops, um, menopause classes, menopause groups, but that's all to do connected with yoga. Um, mm. Do you know, and I feel that these yoga teachers are trying to branch out to make it available. So, you know, you don't have to be, it's not a yoga class. I'm opening yeah. my doors for anybody to come and visit and, you know, it, because that sense of community is so mm. important and it's kind of, again back to my little like musings on being alone is that I'm actually okay with the realization that I am a unique person and so for example one of the losses I've decided to deal with is um dad mm. like I actually harbor a lot of anger and resentment still um, that I've just conveniently pushed further and further down over the years and it does seep out at times and so I've decided to deal with that and but I had to be ready and even though we share the same dad our relationship with him is two completely different relationships mm. and so honestly I don't understand what your reaction to that loss was and I probably will never truly understand it and the same vice versa so I'm kind of okay and I feel a little bit empowered that it's on me to figure this out mm. like I know I know what's going on I just have to access the feelings and and the information um but having a community there to support you and knowing that actually we will share a lot of similarities intellectually that support helps me feel safe enough to access the emotion definitely definitely i think that's why you know support groups are so successful yeah and i think that i think it's about letting women know that to go to a support group for menopause is completely acceptable do you yeah. know it doesn't mean that you're like way off hippie or like i want to be like <laughs> go dancing in the woods but naked yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> you know you know not all yoga teachers are like that you know and 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 to be fair the majority of yoga teachers that i come across in my life come from with all the best heartfelt intentions so do you know and and that willingness to provide community provide group and it's not it kind of is a therapy without calling it a therapy because you're asking people to go inwards you're asking people to connect with themselves mind body breath you know the the the, the basics of yoga you're, you're asking them to do that but in a menopausal support group you know it doesn't mean we're gonna i don't know and maybe it's something that i might venture um within my my business i might offer that as a 
just as a support group you know mm. it could be online you don't need a yoga mat you just need a, a chair and a brew and that's so back in in my therapist days you know i ran a lot of um <laughs> uh, grief support groups and one of the things that i found the most valuable and so it kind of ties into some of the statistics that you'd read about how a lot of women feel like they're going mad mm. um is that once you felt safe enough in that group you would share something and to you you probably thought that it was mad you probably thought this was a strange thing that I'm doing. People are going to mm. think I'm weird. So that's the scary part of being alone in our experience is that we judge ourselves. We think it's weird. And then when we feel safe enough to share it, all of a sudden, two, three, more people go, oh, I do that too. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm not as weird as I thought I was. <laughs> Yeah. And so it shifts something else into into the right spot in our in our own self. Mm. Um, and so we and get is, to deal with one more thing. It's sharing. Yeah. Do you know? It's, Sharing's it's caring. It is. And it really is, even though, like, it is. I mean, I sing a sharing's caring song with the kids. And it really is. It, sing it. it. No. It's so... <laughs> Just so you um, know, before we started this podcast today, uh, we were trying to think about what to discuss. Um, and we kind of had a bit of a chat about the statistics that were being found. And I was suggesting maybe, you know, we could talk about periods or whatever. And Laura said, but I don't know what's going to fill the hole. And I offered the solution of a tampon. Uh, <laughs> because she didn't let me finish saying the whole of the half an hour or 40 yeah. minutes podcast time that we time yeah. to time. <laughs> we stay around. <laughs> we sent um, did it a few uh, like laughter tears coming down. Yeah. But yes. Um, but no, do, do you know, I'm, the whole menopause thing, yeah, you know, am, am I too early just now? I don't know. Am I starting on that journey just now? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I think that people um, should start discussing these things in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, everyone just talk about it. It's okay. Yeah. It's going to happen. You yeah. know, it's it's this it's the whole death and taxes, you know, there's certain things in life that we know are gonna happen. And for women, you know, it's another rite of passage. We yeah. kinda have to go through this extra aspect of life. And if we don't know what's on the horizon, then of course it's gonna be terrifying when we get there. Yeah. Of course it's gonna be confusing because we don't know what to expect. And because also we're not prepared supporting supporting your friends yeah and supporting the other beautiful female people in the world you know you could be a group of friends all the same age and you could all go through the menopause at different stages of your lives but it doesn't mean you're not going to be friends but those people who then go through it later on in life will have the experiences from those that went through it earlier on 
Mm. But talk about it, discuss it, you know, and that's obviously leads us on to then because we've invited the beautiful Janine on next week. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we she can, can get give us some answers insight. from her. Yeah, some yeah. insight from from her perspective, like what what yeah. her experience was like. Um, yeah. And, and she's if done anyone a lot else wants to share their experiences, mm -hmm. you know, or even if you've got any questions, please let us know, and we can try yeah. and. And, and and wedge those in if we can um yeah yeah get in touch yeah um, and we were concerned that we weren't going to fill half an hour and here we are almost <laughs> at 50 minutes so it's a long podcast today thanks for sticking with us folks <laughs> yeah thanks very much so we'll just leave on a see you later yeah uh, see you love you bye see ya love ya bye see you love you bye <laughs> <laughs>